Blog Talk Radio. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Trent McCracken. Say hi, Trent. Hi, Mike. It was really good of you to show up on time. Extreme first guest, great guy, Don Kennedy. He calls me at two minutes to four and says, I'm caught in traffic. I'll be there in 15 minutes. I, I've so, always liked to be punctual, so yeah. I'm glad you appreciate that. So if anyone who's listening wants, wants to hear what Mike Roth sounds ad-libbing for 15 minutes when it wasn't planned, go to show number one with Don Kennedy. Coming up in the show tomorrow, we have Phil Wiseman. He he is the chief operating officer of a company called Alliance Calibration. And Phil is going to be talking about social media. He's going to be talking a little bit about how his company at uh, Alliance is using social media. And he's always an interesting speaker and has got a great background. Uh Phil is a black belt level President's Club member as well from Sandler. And next week we have Kelly Mahan of Mahan Advertising. She has been running this uh, small advertising agency here in Cincinnati for the past 12 years. She's got a really good story to tell. And on a a week from Friday, we have Frank Wood. I should say Dr. Frank Wood. He's a Ph.D., in uh, psychiatry, well, he'll probably correct me on that. Uh, but Frank has created a a new course for stress reduction. One of the things that that he noticed is that a lot of business people were dealing with way too much stress in, stress in their lives, and he came up with a way for people to reduce their stress. I thought it'd be a good good show. Uh, the following week, we have on Thursday Bill McGrain. Uh, he's a consultant. He'll be talking about how to deal with different difficult people. I know no one out there has anyone who's difficult in the workplace. Uh, Bill's uh, claim to fame is he teaches people how to ask better questions. That's something we do in Sandler. Uh, So he was in the same uh, genre as Sandler, so I figured I'd bring him on. We have Tom Haggerty from Ad Rogues uh, and September 28th. Really big show. We're going to have Bob Reedy on Bob is the one of the two founders of LSI Industries, a lighting manufacturer in uh, Mason. Some of you pe- people who drive on 71 pass this plant, uh, and they've gone into uh, LED displays from metal highlight lighting. He's got a great story to tell. So that's just some of the people that are coming up on the show. Let me tell you a little bit about 
Trent McCracken. Trent currently is president and CEO of Emerge Health Solutions. And he has had extensive background in three startup companies prior to joining Emerge. How long ago did you join Emerge? Uh, earlier this year. Earlier this year. Uh, he operated a successful technology company in uh, telecommunications, voiceover IP stuff. Mm -hmm. And he also had worked for EMC at, in sales and, and an engineering role. Correct. Worked on both sides of the fence. Maybe you want to tell us a little bit of what you what Petrus Software was. It's Peritus Software. Peritus Software. Yeah, Peritus actually was a spinoff. Uh, Great American Insurance back in the late 90s put together a solution to try to address the Y2K issue. Mm. And uh, Carl Linder put together a company called Great, uh, Millennium Dynamics. And Millennium Dynamics uh, basically was sold to Peritus Software out of Boston. Okay, and, and you worked for them in a sales role? Yeah, with Millennium Dynamics, I was a programmer, so I was a software developer. And when Peritus bought us, I migrated into a sales engineering role um, because I was, had a very inherent knowledge about the product because I helped develop it. When Peritus bought it, they needed assistance in selling it, and uh, I migrated into that role. Good. Trent's going to share with us some, uh, some of his commitment for competitive driving advantages and market leadership through, through the use of advanced technology. That's kind of a, a short description, some of what I know I saw when I was up at uh, eHealth uh, Solutions. Uh, he's also been a long-term member of Vistage. How long have you been a member of them? Uh, I was a member for about seven years, and I actually... Um uh, stopped, uh, uh, had to drop out because of other commitments about a, two years ago. So for about seven years, and that's a that's a great organization. Mm -hmm. And uh, a long-term member of the National MS Leadership Society? Uh, no, not that was an award that I had received. Oh, okay. Yes. And you won the 40 under 40. And Correct. You're a graduate of Cumberland University? Yes. Basketball player? I tried. You tried. <laughs> <laughs> no, in my world, we either do or do not. We don't try. Uh, Yoda said trying was uh, was not right. Let's uh, let's start, Trent, by asking you to tell the folks uh, from a background perspective. After you got out of college, you you were a programmer. Yes. How'd you move from the role of a programmer to CEO? Long, hard process. Um, no, it's actually interesting. Um, when I was with Millennium Dynamics and I was in a program and developer role, um, it was interesting, just the different roads you take, I guess. Uh, I'd actually minored in college in Spanish and knew, knew some Spanish. And um, within the first couple months of joining Millennium Dynamics, uh, we had gotten a letter from a distributor in Spain that uh, wanted to partner with us. And nobody really knew what to do with it. My boss brought it in and said, you know, translate this and respond to it. I went ahead and did that. A couple of weeks later, the president of the company came in and said, you have your passport? You're going to Spain in, you know, a couple of weeks. So when I got over there, um, I w it wasn't really development. It was more of the business side. And I was presenting a business solution. And 
and that's where um, you know I've always said I, I have a diverse skill set in that to where I've always been the computer geek, but I have a business acumen that I can go ahead and print business solutions and, and solve the problems as well. So. Mhm. And how many years ago was it that you became chief operating officer or president of the first company that you were president of? Well, I came in, I had a business partner, I was only a couple employees at that point, and mm-hmm. we were the two owners, and we grew it together, and he had uh, assumed the CEO role, and I assumed the president role. Okay. So, uh, some of our listeners probably haven't gone out to the website yet to figure out what eHealth Solutions... Emerge. Emerge Health Solutions does. Uh, why don't you tell them? What we have is a documentation and workflow solution that uh, physicians and nurses can use that allows them to document procedures during the procedure itself. So traditional, I'm sorry. Procedure like? Colonoscopy, you know, surgical procedures. Surgical procedures that require two hands other than writing. Correct. Correct. So they're going to be dictating. Well, they will not dictate. Um, Traditionally, how it's been done, uh, medical procedures have been documented through dictation or something, but it's always been after the fact, after the procedure is completed. What we have is a proprietary voice processing engine. The nurse and the physician both have a wireless headset, and as the procedure is going on, they're documenting. They're saying what they're doing, what they've located, where it's located, Um, you know, as the nurse is given uh, medicines and such. She's saying that it goes directly into our system, and we're tracking all of that uh, through the workflow. So when the procedure is over, pathology requisitions, referring physician, all of those reports can be generated at that time. With dictation, as you mentioned, Mike, typically you dictate it, and, you know, you go ahead and you get it back two or three days later. So we, we've created a lot more efficiency the way that things have been done for quite some time. And since you're capturing information real time, uh, nothing is going to be lost. Correct. I mean, if you think about if I do a procedure, if I'm a physician, and it takes 45 minutes, 45 minutes later, I'm trying to recall exactly what I did. Uh, I mean, it's just natural that you're going to maybe not be 100% all the time. We're able to solve that problem for the physicians. In addition, whatever they don't forget, they don't get paid for. So we're able to capture that as well and make sure they get paid for the, the mean, work that they're doing. Whatever they do forget, they don't get paid for Whatever they actually do in the procedure, right. if they don't recall, dictate, if they don't remember to dictate it, they're not going to get compensated for it. Right. But because you're operating real time, the physicians, the surgeons are going to be compensated for every polyp they take out. Correct. Correct. They're not going to forget three out of the 17 that they did. Exactly. Because it's done real time. Correct. Good. So you joined this company earlier this year. How many years of software and hardware development went into it before you arrived? Uh, a little over five years. Uh, the company is about a five-and-a-half, six-year-old company, and it was started by five physicians and an engineer uh, named Barth Saney from GE, and they focused on developing a better way. I mean, the five physicians had been, you know, in their practice for 25, 30 years. And, and these guys were gastroenterologists? Gastroenterologists, correct. And they just decided there's a better way to do this, and they put together the process and worked with with the engineer and got the development done and have just progressed from then. Mm-hmm. In, in that particular application, I see it as a kind of a mass production operation where they, they'll prep 
five or six or seven patients so they can run them in and run them out as quickly as they can. It's certainly volume-based, yes. Okay. Uh, what other applications do you see for uh, the eMERGE system? Well, right now, as you mentioned, we're focused on the gastroenterology space. Um, the, the amazing thing is, is, you know, we can do a lot of different things just based on building content within the system. We use that customized voice processing engine so we could easily migrate into cardio or euro or all the different specialties out there, and that's actually on our plan uh, for next year, and we're actually deciding right now exactly to what we're going to focus on. Yeah, I could see the, the euro to, to be quite similar to the uh, gastroenterologists because they do prep multi-patients to run them through their expensive lithotripsy procedure Yes, many at a time. Absolutely. I mean, what we're doing, Mike, is, I mean, we have the ability to change the paradigm of how medical documentation has taken place over the last century. You know, what we're doing has not been done yet Yeah, it's at the of, moment of care. At the moment of care, it seems to me it's like when Henry Ford uh, came up with the, the mass production production line, uh, even though Damelier was building cars one at a time by hand custom in Germany for years before that, Ford figured out a mass production way to do it more more efficiently. And it seems like it, your system would make many medical procedures more efficient in terms of reporting. Most definitely. And we're able to provide accurate reporting because we're doing it real time, as I mentioned at the moment of care. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, roughly how many uh, units, if you care to disclose, uh, do you have out in the field? Uh, I don't have an accurate. I think there's. Uh, I think we've got a hundred thousand procedures or more that have been used uh, utilizing our software. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> well, no, just thirty or forty thousand of our closest friends now. Okay. Now, now know. Okay, you can quote me then. Well, you. you it's, it's your <laughs> quote, not mine. Uh, what we're going to do now, Trent, is take a, a short uh, two-minute break. Uh, if you have questions for Trent, he's agreed to answer your calls. So you can call in on 646-595-4916. Again, 646-595-4916. And we're going to pick up here in about two minutes. Why do some business owners make lots of money while others endure years of mediocrity? Is it really the economy, the market, the weather, the competition? No. These are all called excuses which are always plentiful. Hi, I'm Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. As a business owner or part of a team, are you accepting excuses from your sales team because you make them yourself? Business winners succeed in spite of this trash. Business winners invest in themselves and their people. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing your sales, call me at 513-646-6523. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. To find out how Sandler training can make you better, faster, and stronger, call 513-646-6523. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. 
I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth and Trent McCracken. Your, your your company now, uh, how is it funded? Uh, we're actually a venture-backed company. We have venture capital and we have some private investors that have contributed. These five original uh, people that created the company? Yes, and Cincy Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a portfolio company of Cincy Tech and uh, other private investors. Have, have when you say portfolio company, does that mean they have a piece of the action? They own 20% of, of your company? We're venture-backed. So Which means they own some of the company. Yes. Um, is it venture or vulture? It's venture. Venture means less than fifty-one percent. Yeah. Vulture means over fifty-one <laughs> percent. We're venture backed. Okay. Good. So you have you have a shot. Uh, actually, at uh, at Rotary today, we had the president of GE Medical Equipment and. Uh, I think his name is Mr. Gentili. He was saying that they invest in in many startup companies, and some they take a venture position, and in others uh, they they only take the rights for exclusive distribution for the product. Interesting, because the entrepreneurs don't want to sell out. So, has your experience been working with venture capital, good, bad, or indifferent? Uh, working with Cincy Tech has been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be the first to admit, uh, prior to eMERGE, uh, companies I'd been involved in, um, we had steered away from venture capital companies. Uh, my former business partner and I funded the company uh, and just really didn't want to dilute our ownership, like you just mentioned. The entrepreneurs mm-hmm. don't want to do that. Um, but with Cincy Tech, they've been great. I'll throw out a plug to Mike Venerable and Bob Coy mm-hmm. at Cincy Tech. Um, and you know, the resources that they've provided for us, the guidance that they assist us with, and just the networking opportunities that I have to network with other CEOs and leaders that are having the same challenges and opportunities that I am has just, just been great. They might be good guests for the show. You'll have to introduce me. Certainly. I did ask you to t- tell people how to get a hold of you. You did, right? but you can now. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Well, now you knew it was coming. How can people get a hold of you after the show, Trent? Um, they can reach me at the office at 513-204-5600, and I'd be happy to, to speak to them. Good. Do you want to put your email address in the show? Uh, no. Okay. We won't get too much email. <laughs> Why don't you tell the folks what you see in the marketplace for, uh, I'm going to call your your system a medical device, Uh it, one of the possibilities and opportunities in the marketplace. We have great opportunities, Mike. Um, I mean, we have a lot of firsts that we can claim right now. We're the first one delivering this type of solution at the moment of care during the procedure that I mentioned to you in the earlier segment. Um, We're the first one using uh, advanced cloud-based technologies to deliver the solution. 
So my immediate competitors are all on-prem solutions, which means there's a large capital outlay to bring the solution in-house uh, and all the things that come with that. We're completely different in that capacity. We have a uh, capital outlay, small one up front for training and implementation and such, and then we're just a monthly operating cost as they're using the system. So it's been very well received by the market because it doesn't have to go through this long process of capital approval and, and whatnot. So it's more like an operating expense. Exactly. It is an operating expense. It's kind of like when Salesforce.com came into the CRM market about 10 years ago. Correct. They've, they've blown a lot of people away. Uh, is uh, the device that you're building currently covered by patents or copyrights? We, we have a patent pending. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the patent was filed, uh, obviously I wasn't at the company at that time, two or three years ago, and we're working through that process. And uh, the main piece is that proprietary voice engine. I won't go into a lot of detail with it, but it's not like Dragon or the Siri that you have on your iPhones and things. As you saw when you came up and we demoed it for you, it's keyword driven. So it's only capturing relevant things that are going on with the procedure. So if the physician is talking to the nurse offline, something that happened prior or after, none of that is captured in the system. None of it's ca- uh, captured in the documentation of the reports. It's specifically keyword driven. And that's what we're going after with the patent. So if I'm talking about my favorite Italian restaurant during a procedure, it won't even capture it. It'll be invisible. It will not even capture it. That is correct. But if I'm talking about the procedure then it's and going what to capture, we're doing, then it's going to capture the data. That makes the transcription relevant when it's uh, so. How soon after a, a an operation is a report available? Immediately, and uh, and that's the amazing thing. As I said earlier, does dictation, that have to be edited? Um, no, I mean they have the ability. After everything's done, they can go over to the workstation and they'll see the report in its final form. And if they want to make any edits, they can just through the click of a mouse. Um, but we can have it immediately available, which has been kind of interesting. Um, you know, we'll send off referring physician reports, you know, minutes after the procedure, and the, the referring physician's office will call back and say, I just received this. Is this accurate? I'm, I'm not used to getting these for one or two days. Is this for this patient, or did you guys mess, mess up here or whatnot? So we can do it immediately after procedure. And when I was up at your place, you had a video. Uh, is that video attached as well? Yes, we actually tie into the scope of the procedure that's being done. So instead of the physician, you know, having to do anything, they're actually the button on the instrument that they're on the scope that they're using that'll capture the data. So if they're doing a colonoscopy or, or whatnot and they capture a polyp, that's all done through the equipment that they're using. And we interface with billing and you know uh, vital monitoring and scheduling and and whatnot. So we interface with a lot of the, the different systems and of course the EMR solutions we interface interface with. So we try to put together a seamless solution. We, we, we kind of have a rule here at Sandler that we, we don't like to use buzzwords unless we explain them first. I'm sorry. So uh, you know what an EMR system is. Many of my listeners don't. What's an EMR? Electronic medical record system. Ah. So somebody that's capturing that data electronically. It's also referred to as an EHR, electronic health record. Sorry, there's a lot of acronyms in the medical industry. In a lot of different businesses. <laughs> and as long as we de- uh, defuse them first, they won't blow up on us. Sure. When you're comparing, do you have any competition? We do. There's a market leader uh, right now that uh, 
you know, provides some solution with uh, some component of what we do. And there's another company. There's really probably two primary competitors, but neither of them are doing it or delivering the solution through the cloud. Neither of them can capture the data um, during the moment of care. So we are, I mean, yes, the, the market has competition out there, but we embrace that. And, and I'm, I, I look forward to it. So in your solution, how large of a data pipe uh, does a medical practice or a uh, healthcare institution need to get the voice and data up and down in a real-time fashion? How did I know you'd reflect back on my past telecommunications background? <laughs> Gee, I don't know. It has something to do with mine. I don't know. Probably me. Uh -huh. It's actually not, you know, to be honest, um, it's not even on a requirement sheet. It just says they need to have a high-speed Internet access um, to the to the procedure room itself. So I can't really answer that. You know, whether the hospital or the ambulance surgery center, what they've had in place has been more than sufficient. And, you know, we're, we're passing data through a cloud-based solution for software. So it's not like, you know, we're, we're putting a lot of things through this pipe and have to have a very big network connection. Mm-hmm. And... Because you're cloud-based, the, the, the provider or providers that you're using have multiple backups in case oh, there's a single. Absolutely. There's no single point of failure. No, 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 no. So you, you got a pretty uh, pretty high uh, uptime. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you see any uh, limitations in the marketplace right now? Uh, I wouldn't call it a limitation. Um, I call it an opportunity, and okay. it's just the education. Um, you know, that's one of the things that, that I preach to my sales team is, you know, what we're doing is so new, we need to, to educate the folks that are out there. And some of the physicians have been practicing for many years and, you know, like the way that they've been doing it. And others are, you know, embracing the ability to do things, you know, a lot quicker, to potentially go paperless, to turn around their patients quicker, to get 100% accurate reports so it just depends. It's really education because it is so very new, the way that we're, we're delivering it to the market. So uh, how are you doing the education for the physicians? Well, we, uh, um, as far as the sales piece or as far as after we actually have the contract? Well, after you have a contract, well, okay. that's okay. I, I, you know, hire, I hire. said sell today, educate tomorrow. <laughs> yes. So if, you say, if you, you say that you need to provide some education in the marketplace, uh, what's the modus operandi? How are you doing it? Are you doing seminars for gastroenterologists? I wouldn't say we're to that level yet. Um, it's more just through sales efforts. Um, we, we, you know, there's a couple of different shows uh, that we exhibit at and, and have done some things uh, there to get uh, our brand messaging across and, and the way that we do things. Um, but uh, I'd say we're still working on that, to be honest. Okay. How many trade shows a year are you guys doing? Uh, there's two of them. We uh, DDW was in San Diego this year, Digestive Disease Week, and we'll be going to uh, Vegas uh, for the ACG show, American College of Gastroenterology. And um, Vegas is always more exciting. Exactly. <laughs> Looking forward to that trip. <laughs> Even Sandler is having a great uh, conference this year. This will be the second client conference that we're having out in Orlando in February. Yeah. And uh, all Sandler clients are invited to that. Yeah, there's there's a reason that uh, a lot of trade shows take place in Vegas. It's a great venue. <laughs> I had a business in Vegas for a couple of years. Uh, well, then you're, you're well aware of that. I mean, we did more business in Vegas than, than L.A., San Francisco, and Reno combined. Uh, 
we put people on the plane to Vegas to meet with us, and the ether set in when those wheels hit the ground in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> it was a great place to do business. Still is, still is. Uh, we're going to take a, a short break now, Trent. We're going to be back uh, again in about two minutes. If uh, you'd like to call in and ask Trent a question, you can do so at 646-595-4916. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth and Trent McCracken. Trent, let me ask you one of my favorite questions. We've got a a theory that we've developed in business over the years that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong, invariably wrong. Uh, and, And frankly, it started when I had the business in Vegas. We had privately owned pay telephones mounted on uh, in phone booths made out of dark metal in front of 7-Eleven stores. On a hot June day, the temperature in the privately owned pay telephone exceeded the operational specifications of the electronics inside, and they promptly died. Well, Mike Roth wanted a simple solution, so I told my physicist, who was my head engineer, put fans in all of the the phone booths, drill holes. That'll do it. So Steve, my technician, promptly went out to the electronic supply store, bought a uh, an electronic digital thermometer, which was expensive at the time, and started measuring the temperatures inside the phone booth with in the hot sun in Vegas in June. Does not sound fun. 
No. And he came back and reported that the temperatures exceeded 200 degrees inside the phone. And the boards were okay, but the electronics were consumer-grade electronics. The chips weren't mil-spec. So the solution was to get our manufacturer to replace all of the boards in every one of 400 telephones that we had on the streets of Vegas. It wasn't pretty. We had a complex series of solutions that we had to, had to do to make them run. Sounds like uh, it. So in your world, maybe you could share with, uh, with our listeners a complex problem that you faced. It could be in this company or one of the other companies. And the complex solution you deployed against that problem to solve the problem, and maybe a, a theoretical basis the way we did. One of the things we did to solve the problem in Vegas, this may sound really strange, every telephone had a, a plug-in chip in a Molex socket. We discovered that if we took the, they were called rate chips, out of the Molex socket and soldered them in instead, the connections would stay good. We could get more temp out of them. We uh, we painted some phone booths colors other than black until we could get the boards. Steve did do a couple of fans. <laughs> they didn't work. <laughs> but maybe you could tell us about a problem that you solved. Well, I don't know if it was ever solved, to be honest, but one that, that comes to mind. And uh, if there are small business owners or small business executives that are out there, uh, I think it's a challenge of do you reward loyalty and promote from within, or do you bring in outside expertise that may have more talent, might be more prepared for the situation? And uh, it's always been a difficult one. You know, I had people that have been with me for nine years, and we're, you know, are are they going to be promoted to a management role? Are you going to bring in a manager? And what's that going to do to the culture and that sort of thing? And uh, I, I think it's always, I think it's sort of like one of those double-edged swords, you know? I mean, I think if, if you do, then you, you're rewarding the loyalty and you've got a very happy team member, but they, you put them in positions that they're not really in a, in a position to win. You know, you're almost setting them up to fail. If you bring somebody in from the outside, then you feel like you're they're not as valued as they once thought they were. And, you know, I think that that's an interesting uh, um, challenge that, that small business owners have. So I don't know if I answered your question. I don't know if that's a solution. That's an interesting problem. it's certainly, certainly a, an issue. It's certainly a complex problem. No uh, doubt. I've been on both sides of it. Uh, in some places in my career, I was the guy that was hired in to manage people who've been there for years. Sometimes I was the guy who had to make that decision, well, who are we going to bring in? Uh, here at Sandler, one of our solutions is the, Sa- the Sandler Strategic Management Course, which core management course, uh, to provide the training to people so they can take on those great responsibilities. But if it's in sales, the usual transition is take the best salesperson, make them our sales manager or VP of sales, and then you lose a good salesperson, and you wind up with a only so-so manager because there's a different skill set. No question. But you can't promote someone if you give him the training. I remember the first, uh, for me, the first day I, I was the best salesperson at Cable and Wireless, <laughs> and I got John Kerr promoted me, and 
I discovered that the, the selling system I developed and used for myself was not transferable to the seven salespeople that worked for me. And then I said to uh, Bill von Meister, the president of the company at the time, uh, Bill, uh, send me, maybe it was Al Pizer, send me to the to the uh, a sales management school so mm-hmm. I can figure out what this new job is. Yeah. And I remember what, it must have been Pizer said to me, Mike, as soon as you find a school for sales management, we'll send you. Because I don't know any. <laughs> and I guess it was eight or nine months later, a brochure came across my desk, War College for Sales Managers. And so I sent that in to Al, and he sent me to the course. It, the course was on World War One trench warfare. And it was a great course for what it was. Of course, it didn't help me do the job because it was the wrong material. <laughs> uh, but it was a an interesting attempt. Today, I think one of the answers to that complex problem, promote from within or bring in outside talent, is a, if we promote from within, can we train the talent that we have with an outside resource fast enough to make it worthwhile? And what's it worth worth to you? And what are you gonna, you know, what issues are gonna be presented over that training period? Right. And what what period of time is it going to take? You know, exactly. If we if we were going to train you to be an astronomer and, uh, to look for uh, new planets, <laughs> well. You might be smart enough to, to handle that. I'm sure you are, but it's going to take seven years. And Probably longer than that. <laughs> I don't I don't. Maybe know. 20. Uh, the, the real issue, turns out, is what's the opportunity cost and loss exactly. in, in doing it each way? And you have to weigh that. Uh, one of the things that we measure with, the, with our profiling system for uh, all employees is the trainability. Uh, someone who's not trainable may be performing well in their existing job, may be an A-grade performer. But if trainability is low, uh, they're not going to move to the next job real well. And therefore, outside talent would be the recommended ch- choice. How long is the talent going to be needed for? Some some projects are short-term projects. It, it's like I said, it's it's an opportunity and a challenge for for small business owners and leaders, and uh, I don't know the right answer. Yeah, I, I was watching a friend of mine uh, owns a software company. Uh, I think he's got eleven developers, and they were moving, and so the CEO decides that he's going to rent a trailer, put it on his uh, SUV, and him and his employees are going to move the company. From building A to building B, I'm not sure that that was well thought out <laughs> because the people were hired to be great developers, not moving men. A, B. Um, I'm not going to use his name because when his people were moving heavy desks, furniture, computers, racks of equipment. They were out, probably outside the scope of the workers' comp policy that he has. Most definitely. So you have to look at all of the angles. It would have been probably far cheaper and faster for him to hire a local moving storage company uh, to move the equipment and the furnishings from 
building A to building B, even if they were right next door to one another. Okay, where are we on time? Let's go for another question. Sure. What do you think people in the marketplace are looking for right now in terms of uh, medical efficiency? You know, we've got this, uh, what people call Obamacare bill. Uh, is that stopping purchases or is that helping? What do you think the long-term outlook is in the medical device arena for your type of equipment? Well, I mean, once again, we're software, so we're, we're not a device. Um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, we have the ability to scale and go across cross-specialties, so we've got a lot of opportunity out there. So if you wanted to move from gastroenterology, uh, colonoscopies. Gastroenterology. To, yeah, that's a tough word. <laughs> I'm sorry, you doctors out there. Tough word. To urology. How quickly, if you got an order tomorrow from a urology group, could you be ready to install? Well, the beauty of that is is the the architecture of the software itself. It's it's content driven, and we, as I talked earlier, we have those keywords. So we would just have to build the content. Um, and, you know, we're in projections right now of what, how much time that is going to take. Uh, as I mentioned, that's on a 2013 initiative that's going cross-specialty. So uh, I can't answer that exactly, but I know that it's doable, and, and it's not going to be that time-consuming. Otherwise, we wouldn't probably be entertaining it. So when you change uh, specialty words, mm-hmm. uh, what I noticed is your system was really good at Picking off my New York accent got the words right. And we didn't even have a voice profile built for you. Oh, so you actually build a voice profile for each one of the doctors? Correct. Correct. Hmm. And yours wasn't even created. We just handed you the... You handed me a microphone. And 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 it worked flawlessly. Yeah. I mean, much better than the sound system in my Mercedes. (laughs) Which, unless I talk like their announcer, it doesn't recognize a nine... From a five yes. on someone's phone number. No less, I say, a name of a street. Perhaps uh, some other vendors have got that better. Uh, so you're, you're you're doing some training of the system on the voices of the physicians. Correct. We built a, a profile for them, and it's something you can uh, work with the operating system, uh, whether it's a Windows 7 or whatnot, that's actually built into the system as well. It takes about 30 minutes. And uh, they just go through this process, and it tries to pull off the certain, you know, uh, way that they speak certain words and make it more efficient. And as you saw, that's an extra step because it worked fine for you without without the profile. Right. So when we we bring in a new physician uh, who's never been here before from, uh, mm. let's say, Alabama with a southern accent, y'all. <laughs> I lived in Nashville for seven years. Be careful. My brother lived in Nashville for 22 <laughs> years. Okay, uh, but the you lived in Nashville, so you noticed the heavy Southern accent down there. Absolutely. So if we took a doc from Nashville and gastroenterology, put him up here in front of the machine, how accurate do you think it would be? Without building a voice profile for them, or with building cold. One? That I don't know, but you've, we build uh, a, you've we, intrigued we, we, me where I'm probably going to try that and see what happens. <laughs> okay, so we, 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 we train the uh, 
gastroenterologist on the system. Mm-hmm. We train his voice, 30 minutes. What level of accuracy are we going to achieve? Um, I mean, you saw it for yourself. So well, I mean, for me, it was zero. Pretty, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was uh, perfect. I'm not going to say it's perfect because every everything has some of its uh, uh, idiosyncrasies with just the way things are spoken and how people pronounce words. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, I'd say, as you witness, it's very, very, very accurate. Good. Trent, let's take a two-minute break, and we're going to listen to Sandler Rule. Today we're going to listen to Rule Number 19, and hopefully this one will be in English. A couple of weeks ago I played a rule, and it turned out to be the Spanish version. Nice. Hi, I'm George Donovan with Sandler Training. I'm here to talk to you about rule number 19, never help the prospect end the interview. We've all been on sales calls where it's been uncomfortable and the prospect's acting uninterested or maybe even a little bit hostile. Your inclination is to close your portfolio, get up and walk out, but don't. This rule calls for you to hang in there. Ask the question that gets the issue on the table. Chances are it's not you. Maybe it's your company's past performance that's the problem, or perhaps another company that sells similar products or services. Or maybe it's another salesperson that has nothing to do with you or your company, but you'll never know unless you ask. So it sounds something like this. Let's suppose your prospect's name was Bill. You'd say, Bill, you seem a little bit skeptical. Is there something that I've said or done that's made you feel this way? And if it is, could we talk about it? Or maybe you say, Bill, I sense that there's a problem. Would it be okay if we talked about that for a minute? So the important part is that you ask. It takes the pressure off of you, and it helps the prospect work through the issue so you can get by it and get back to the interview. So the next time you're in an uncomfortable sales call, don't bail. Hang in there and remember rule number 19. Never help the prospect end the interview. Mike Roth and Trent McCracken were back. Trent, we were talking offline about the name of your company. How did the the, the name come about? I truly don't know. <laughs> I, I wasn't there, so um, I, I, I truly don't know. If you were going to rename your company now to make it more generic with the type of work that the, the company is bringing in now, what what name would you choose? Interesting question. Um, I don't know what I would do with the name, but Health Solutions itself, you know, and with a little bit of our logo, it's not really clear on what we do. You know, we don't provide healthcare services to patients. And, right. you know, we get that's grouped. That's the implication. We, exactly. So we get grouped into that. So I'd probably emerge. I, I probably wouldn't focus on I'd focus on trying to have something or a tagline. Emerge that, surgical solutions. Something to that. Yeah. I mean, something to that effect. Still keeping in healthcare because we are in healthcare IT, and you know uh, I, I think that's important, especially what's going on in that that sector right now. But um, I would try to figure out a way to incorporate more of what we do and not have us confused with a uh, services or healthcare provider. The 
E in there is really good, like salesforce.com. The .com is important. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it gets the point across. uh, Emerge Surgical Solution. Let the marketing folks work that one out, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, that's more than I want to handle. Uh, A couple of years ago, I was on Sandler's Marketing Technical Committee, and we we were rebranding from the Sandler Sales Institute. Gee, that study must have cost $70,000 at the time. The name got thrown out and shortened from San LaSalle's Institute to San La Training. And they did extensive research to determine what made Sandler different. And the exclusive feature, if you want to call it that, was long-term positive reinforcement training. Everyone else in the marketplace was doing event training, a one-day training, a one-week training, and there was no reinforcement. So reinforcement training was the feature. But it took another, I'm going to say six months, might have been three, uh, for that to be turned into the tagline, finding power and reinforcement, mm-hmm. which has been a great uh, great branding effort that's, that Sandler's done. So you're using the cloud in your business now. Correct. What, what kind of Internet activity or, or social media play are you using to reach your target market? We're still working through that. I'd actually uh, hired an intern for the summer, and that was their sole focus. So trying to go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You have to listen, listen to uh, to Kelly in, in about a week. Oh, okay. She did the same thing. I, I mean, and you know, the younger generation they know it a lot better, and uh, you know, they were doing um, research on how our competitors are using it, what techniques are working, what techniques are not what to post on Twitter, not to post on LinkedIn or Facebook, and I guess there's certain rules with that. Um, but um, we we have a presence on, on all three of those right now, and we're continuing to build upon that. Uh, do you have a, uh, a mascot or a character surrounding your brand? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> well, you should be aware of it. I mean... <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying, but I guess the answer is no. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations? Uh, yeah. Listen to tomorrow's show with Phil Wiseman. Okay. And then he's going to give you the website uh, that he used for a, a a cartoon character, a superhero in calibration. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And they write the script, and the superhero uh, plays the script online as a cartoon character. Uh, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, superhero calibration. I'll have to hear all about it tomorrow. But <laughs> it, it it seemed like a good idea. Don Kennedy uh, spent a lot of money with graphic artists, and he built a, a superhero handyman. So when his trucks travel around town uh, for ProMaster, you see the ProMaster man, you know, looks like a uh, a buffed-up guy with a tool belt and tools on it. Uh, it's just a good idea. I don't know how you'd ever. Well, you, you know, you have the gecko. So, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, on, on that note, um, I was watching something over the weekend, and you know, the Geico. Nobody ever really understands what it stands for, mm-hmm. and it, it's Government Employee Insurance Company. 
and that's what a lot of what they do. So it's it's, it's amazing what branding can do. <laughs> hey, uh, as a young guy, I, after I got out of college and needed insurance on my car and my house, I was looking around. One of my friends said, why don't you go to Geico? I'm using them. And I said, I'm not a government employee. He said, don't worry, they'll take you anyway. <laughs> and sure enough, they did. And I probably stayed with them for 15 years until I figured out that other companies charge less <laughs> for better coverage. So I said, oh, that, that, that didn't make sense anymore. Everybody has their angle. Right. Uh, are you adding to your staff right now? Yes. We are. Um, we're going to add four to six FTEs. Sorry, full-time employees. Full-time employees um, next quarter. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of areas are you adding in? Uh, development, QA, sales, and uh, trainer. Uh, we have a, a director of education uh, that I brought in, and we're going to continue to build out his team because he's doing a lot of the implementations and the training, and we'll become more and more of a road warrior, so we're going to continue to add to his team. What kind of geogra- geography are you serving right now? I know you're cloud-based, so you can go any place in the world. Yeah, I mean, we uh, just had a large install up in New York, uh, up in Boston, so really it, it's not really geographically focused right now. Um, you know, Like I said, we're getting the education out there, trying to show people the compelling benefits to our solution. And and just go in that direction. So I can't tell you I'm like targeting the northeast or I'm targeting the southeast. Um, we're we're just uh, you know following the people that see the value in our solution and uh, are, are ready to uh, to move forward. How are they finding you? Or are you finding them? Our salespeople, uh, a, a lot of them. Networking is a big component. Having five physicians. Uh, that founded the company in the gastroenterology space. They've been doing it for a great deal of time. Uh, we leveraged their network uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just uh, a lot of different typical sales uh, methods from, you know, cold calling to referrals to networking events uh, and that sort of thing. Okay. And so far for you, what's the most effective uh, method of bringing new prospects in? Probably the networking because um you know the, the you know the shows and different things people have been able to see it like when when we were at DDW they can come up and as you saw it at our office i mean i can i have a whole room in the office staged as you would have walked in you thought it was a procedure room i was a little nervous about that room yeah <laughs> it's all non-functional it's just there for it just looked good it looked real yeah, we did we did a good job um, but, uh, you know, at those shows, we can actually take the time, get the economies of scale, and get a lot of physicians to see it uh, all at once. So that was that was a, 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 a good opportunity, and, and we're continuing to uh, pursue that. Good. So in the marketplace, the way it is today with your product, what percentage of growth do you think that you might see over the next two, three, five years? What did you tell your VC guys? Oh, goodness. Um, uh, sky's the limit, to be honest. I mean, we, we are doing something so different. Um, our sales model has been very appealing uh, to the people and received very well uh, by you know large hospitals, regional hospitals, ambulance surgery centers. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going full throttle ahead. And, um, you know, in having a blast doing it. 
So your business model as a business case creates a long-term uh, cash flow for your company. Oh, absolutely. The monthly recurring revenue stream. Monthly recurring revenue stream. And it, it's surprising to me that you didn't say you're getting most of your business from referrals from one set of surgeons to another. Well, I did. I said I was leveraging my five physician founders. <laughs> right. Okay. What do you think the biggest obstacle you have is to growth? I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, Mike. I think it's the education. It's changing that paradigm. So, um, you know, that 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 uh, that's probably biggest obstacle. So, changing people's paradigm. <laughs> it's the way that they've done things in the past trying to show them there's a better, more efficient way to do it. Um, and that's where I think the education component comes into place. So who is the more difficult uh, prospect in your world, the docs themselves or their administrative staff in their uh, practice? The docs themselves, I wouldn't say, are a challenge. Um, specifically, you know, physicians that maybe have been practicing for 30 or 40 years, um, you know, they're less apt to change. So when we come into an opportunity with that, uh, we know it's going to be a uh, more of a challenge. But it doesn't mean it's deterred us and we continue to win business. Uh, but it just takes a little bit longer, lengthens the sales cycle a little bit. Good. Trent, I want to thank you for sharing this information with us here today and an appreciation of being here. And since you're a Sandler guy, I want you to have that book right behind your, your shoulder there, The 11 Sandler Insights of the or Sandler Success Principles. It's the follow-up to the 49 Sandler Rules. Uh, that book uh, was released April 27th, shot to number one on Amazon in the first week, and then moved over and shot to number one on the Wall Street Journal list. So, uh, Trent, again, thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. I had a really good time. Good. And, uh, Scott, why don't you uh, take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.